Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then, one day, he vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When will he return? Thankfully, the answer is now. The OG of Jets podcasting and vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. This is There's Always Next Year with Brian Bassett. I'm back. The real me. Let's not, not make a whole thing of it. And his co-hosts, Chef Travis Milton. Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella. And Josh Conrad. Oh, my brother. Testify. On Play Like a Jet Digital. Welcome back to There's Always Next Year. Uh, I am your host, Brian Bassett, on the Play Like a Jet podcast network. And with me, as always, are our fabulous fellows, Travis Milton, who you can find on Twitter at Dash37Board27, and Josh Conrad, who you can find at Josh underscore Conrad, putting out some Yankees tweets or some, I don't know, other tweets (laughs) about basketball that I never get. Um, Fellas, it has been a long time. We haven't talked since before the NFL draft. How are we doing? We've, I mean, we've talked personally, but yes. it's mostly meme exchanges and gifts. So <laughs> yeah, we, we haven't nice. shared anything with the ether. That's true. <laughs> That's, right. That's true. A lot, uh, a lot of meme exchanges, a lot of bad, a lot of bad alcohol pictures and things like that. A yes, mal- a, a malort thread that we won't, we won't make our <laughs> listeners listen to because you're already throwing up in your mouth a little bit no doing good man you know it's summer summer up here in the northeast super hot humid our boys are almost three now which is crazy it's flying by uh growing like weeds um painting in the backyard swimming you know pushing stuff over hitting each other it's great everything's (laughs) great nonstop energy uh, and Travis, you're not busy at all. I mean, you know, just getting in magazines like Travel and Leisure and ramping up full staff for a full in. Are you you busy at all, or just have, have you ever heard the term one leg one leg man in an ass kicking contest? <laughs> I have heard I'm that term. Kind of my milieu now. Only um, from okay. you. I've never okay. heard anyone else ever say it except Travis. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly well, how I feel. But I but think- I mean, I can't complain. Yeah, well, I think we're all in the same boat. Yeah, I think as things have reopened, it's gotten a little nuts around the Bassett household, and we committed to every sport and every oh, yeah. activity, which is fantastic. And glad my kids are happy, but man, I'm running around, and yeah, I am that one-legged man that you that you speak of. But let's talk. Okay, it it was so long ago. The NFL draft was so long ago. I just want to go real quick here because um, what did you like, Josh? And what didn't you like about the Jets from the NFL draft? Yeah, I, 
you know, we're we're not going to be revisionist podcasters. None of us Mm-mm. were big Zach Wilson Mm-mm. guys. Um, I'm I'm happy. Listen, he is now our quarterback, and so he gets my full support. It's one of those like we were in the presidential, you know, primaries, and we're right. fighting, and then the moment one of them emerges, everybody throws their weight behind that guy. So uh, I am. I am now a Zach Wilson stan. I was not so the day before the draft. Um, I, yeah, I'm okay with it. I've I've come to I've come to terms. I, come I'm, to terms. I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped about Mike Carter, guys. I am crazy. Mm. I maybe have too high of expectations at this point, but every time I see something out of OTAs, anytime I see what Robert Salas thinking, I get super excited about a super balanced offensive attack featuring mm-hmm. Mike Mike Carter as maybe one Michael you know, Carter top 10 running back in the league over the next couple of years. So super excited about Mike Carter. Love it. Uh, Travis, what did you like and maybe not like, or, or just like whatever, however you, you want to take that. I think everyone knows what I liked and, and I, I may have been in the <laughs> Was minority, it a pick in the teens? Was it Elijah Moore? Yes. But if you freaking go back like five, six podcasts, I'm not sure that there was a single one where I did not mention Vera Tucker. Um, I mm-hmm. wanted that guy from day freaking one. Um, and when he, when, when JD freaking traded up to get him, I know that, you know, there were the analytical people bitching about the value and what, but <laughs> fuck that. like, I swear, like all I wanted out of this draft was Vera Tucker. And like, I cannot wait to see him and a healthy Becton standing beside each other, freaking oh, guarding my. Zach Wilson's ass. Mm. Um, you know, and, and I'll tell you one of the things that again, like uh, I'm, I'm with Josh, like I'm, I'm not going to revise my, my standings uh, on, on Mr. Wilson yet, but uh, I'll tell you one thing that's very encouraging. And this comes from, you know, uh, someone, I, I, I know I use like metaphors of like restaurants with football mm-hmm. all the time, but like I use football as a metaphor when I'm in the restaurant, but seeing the camaraderie that's happening with the rookies and the, the, the newer signees, especially my boy Feeney, man, I, mm-hmm. I freaking love that dude. I need a Feeney Jersey. Um, like him at the freaking Islanders games, crushing beers yeah. with a mullet and a mustache. That like, guy's that's the my best. Dude. That is now <laughs> my dude. Um, I don't care if he's a backup freaking lineman or not. Like right. he is my dude. Uh, but seeing, seeing them in that kind of atmosphere, like, like, team building outside of there. I mean, like, that's what we do in the restaurants. We all go out and have mm-hmm. a beer together after, you know, after, you know, a service, you know, seeing right. that kind of stuff. And th- those are things that are, that are invaluable. And it's very, very encouraging seeing that, that happening with, with the guys now. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. 
there are other quarterbacks I would have rather taken it to. Yeah, that that is water under the bridge at this point. And I think we're going to get, I mean, the most interesting thing is we're going to see what someone like, you know, Lance is going to be because he was taken by the guy who taught our offensive coordinator. So it's going to be very interesting to watch those two, less the Lawrence thing. I mean, obviously they, you know, the, the, the standings were different at the end of the year. That's a whole different story, but, but we're not worried about that. But the big thing that I, I think I really appreciated was they took Wilson, which I was like, oh, okay, fine. I, you know, we had, kind of, it was inevitable at that point. And then, right, when they go out and get Vera Tucker and the next day that, you know, the social media for the Jets posts that, like, you know, video of, of Sala and, and JD talking to Vera Tucker saying, like, we were not going to pass on you again. And you're like, excuse me? You had the second pick, right? And you're not going to pass on him again. You, you love hearing that sort of that they oh, loved yeah. that guy so much that they were willing to, to go up and get that guy. And, yeah, and what a difference that'll make the offensive line. And then, right, successively, you talked about Michael Carter. Um, also, obviously, Elijah Moore, who is a phenomenal player. I mean, think about the players that he was competing for targets with in college. And I'm sure we've all seen the A.J. Brown video of him kind of in tears in the bedroom, just saying to Elijah Moore as they're kind of sitting there, you know, soaking in, you know, this draft moment and just saying, like, you know, you are better than I ever was. And you're like, you love to hear someone like A.J. Brown wow. say that about a player who's now on your team uh, <laughs> feels pretty good. So, so, you know, they gave him, that's the thing that I'm, I'm loving about what JD did, right? He took the quarterback and he knows he has to accelerate his progression. And to do that, he needed some skill positions. Yes. They got Corey Davis. Yes. They got Tevin Coleman. Yes. They added to the offensive line in other ways leading up to this draft, but that's the sort of thing that they just, and everybody said this, but you know, that they never did for Sam Darnold. They just kind of let him twist in the wind. And so you're starting to see, Hey, we've got the rookie quarterback. He's on the clock. Let's start putting the pieces in place that are going to set him up for success until hopefully like the whole goal here is that we get to a point four or five years from now where you've got to give that, you know, now veteran quarterback, the big contract, and you'll have given him all the tools he needs to get to a place, A, where he's worthy of that second contract, and then two, um, where they've been able to compete in the meantime. So, so yeah, lots of really interesting stuff. So I, I, I loved it. And then I loved that they started filling in Salah's defense kind of on the back end, um, right? Like on the back end of the draft, they, they went defense a lot there. And the idea there, I think, is, you know, Salah was telling them, listen, let's get this side of the ball squared away obviously there's still more work to be done on offense um but let's get that side squared to the ball i can scheme to what deficiencies or strengths we have on on defense let me worry about that this year because it is kind of a you know rebuilding you know new 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 organization year um and you know they'll add the pieces over time that he's going to need successively you know in future drafts which is you know you love seeing your coach not say like i need a pass rusher at two or whatever that kind of situation. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, so, I mean, it sets up well. So, so I'm curious guys, we, I want to know the team, our friend bent um, from jets fix and gangrene nation and uh, an SNY and all over the place. He wrote a post a couple of days ago about, you know, the jets have made some minor moves. They have about 25 million in cap room. So Travis, do you have any ideas on how they should be thinking about or kind of spending that money? I mean, the most obvious is, you know, the, is Marcus May, uh, maybe, I don't know. And then, you know, obviously, are there any other talented players or, you know, positions that you're kind of looking at that you think would be um, effective? What, what do you think? I mean, I, I, I think out of the three of us, I think I'm the biggest Marcus May stand of the bunch. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love Marcus May, but I, I, I'm very hesitant to, to shell that money out as a for for a safety. Um, I, mm -hmm. I, I've said the same thing about Jamal Adams, and I mean, looking at the looking at how May played last year, he played out of his mind uh, for nine tenths of the time, and you know the PFF grades like show that he was he was better than Adams last year. So I mean, looking at you know things like that, you know, I, I can I can only imagine that May is asking for a, a whole lot of money. Um, and uh, I, I, we all know that Douglas is not willing to shell that out. So I've pretty much kind of given up on, on that being a, a, a long-term possibility. I'd, I'd love to see them sign Morgan Moses and kick Fant to, to, uh, to right guard. Um, I, I think that would 
be an amazing way to solidify that mm-hmm. line for, for this coming year. Give Cam Clark a little bit of extra time. Um, Cause I've heard conflicting reports on that. Like, uh, you know, um, I, I think my biggest issue would, would probably be the, you know, the cornerback situation. I, I have every bit of faith in, in Bryce Hall. And from what I'm reading this year, like the amount of like, I read an article, I think just yesterday or the day before about how much he stepped up as a, at least a vocal leader in the mm. locker room. And, you know, that's what I saw with him at, at UVA and, and part of why I fell in love with, with that dude's play and, and, and who he is on the field and off the field. Uh, but I'd still love to see them get, you know, Sherman. I've heard that Steve Nelson isn't a, a, uh, uh, Douglas kind of guy. So I, you know, I, I don't know how that'll work out. I'd love to see, you know, pull back again. Um, he's great in the slot, but you know, hopefully some of these guys we picked in those later rounds kind of fill that role. I think Jamie yeah. and Sherwood's going to excel as, as, you know, a, a, you know, a fill in right there in, in, in at the safety mm-hmm. spots. Uh, you know, I, I see a lot of bright stuff in the future and I don't want to get caught up in, the inner in the immediate, you know, this coming year. But I, I yeah. think I would love to see Morgan Moses. I think that would be one of the, the signings I would love to see. Hmm, that's an interesting one. I didn't think about that. But yeah, I, I think you're right. Like you, you've already you've taken some lottery tickets on these young guys, especially in the secondary. Let's see how they play out. Like let's let them shake out and see what they prove. Because right, like you know, do can you? do you need to address it in free agency or the draft next year? Well, you know, right. If you bring in a Richard Sherman, who is great and everybody of course would love to see here, he's going to cover up, you know, some of those younger guys who are going to get the chance to play or not play. And let's face it. Like I love Richard Sherman, but is he going to make, you know, a four or five game win difference on this team at his age? Like, I don't know, Josh, Josh, what, what do you think? Uh, if, if they've got all this cap room, what would you like to see the jets do with it? Sit on it apply it somewhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm always apply it kind of a guy. I, Mm -hmm. I, cap room's nice, but you know, it's, it's what you use it on, right? Like it's, it's, it's a, it's a tool. And so, you know, I, I would actually like to see them lock up Marcus may, and maybe that's a little bit of, I've been, I've been turned recently by uh, even what I've seen and heard a little bit about him stepping into more of a vocal leadership role defensively. And, And I would love, I'd love them to, Man, I'd I'd go nail down two corners, and and I would love Morgan Moses too. I think I think that would be a really great signing, and they'd go from a kind of an average offensive line to maybe one of the top ten in the league already, um, which would be quite a turn within eighteen months. But uh, man, I would love to feel like bringing a guy like Richard Sherman in. Um, maybe at this point in his career, obviously he can still play. It's not that he can't, but you know, a guy like that that comes in as a culture setter. I think it'll be really telling to see what JD and, 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 uh, and Bobby Sala come up with in terms of how they spend it. Um, I would like to see a shored up um, secondary. I think, mm-hmm. I think the way the league is gone, I think looking at, looking at our schedule a little bit, there's a lot of pretty decent offenses we're going to be playing. And so I'd, yeah. I'd love for Zach Wilson not to have to throw 50 times a game because they're down by 20 points um, constantly. And, you know, you're just rattling him maybe too early. So yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of where I'd land. Um, obviously, you know, any free agent cornerback, um, even thinking about some of the guys that are out there, it's a little bit older, a little bit banged up, maybe not fully in their prime anymore, but that's what the free agent market is for. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, like I, I would like them to stay purely secondary um, and uh, yeah, see, see, see what a guy like a Richard Sherman mm-hmm. can do and come in and teach. Cause that guy, you know, early in his career, I know like kind of got the mark as just like super brash and, you know, a little bit of a punk, <laughs> but like crazy thoughtful guy, like really sharp. Oh really yeah. Smart. One of the and, smartest like, players in the league seems, by far. Yeah. yeah. And s- seems like a guy that you bring in to really teach. Um, and I think he's aware of that. I don't think he's coming in saying I need to be the focal point of our secondary. I think he's saying, Hey, if I can play on this team, but also just teach these guys, he feels like kind of like a Chris Paul in a lot of ways um, to use an NBA mm. reference that I know Ooh. Brian doesn't get because uh, Brian doesn't huh? watch Who? the NBA. Who? Is that CP3? Um, I think that's CP3. CP3. I, th- I think we've got to, I think we've got to wait to let the him Nets settle in. this CP3, year? Though. Hey guys, are the Nets any good this year? I don't know. Are the Nets I don't want to talk about the Nets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm still, I'm am still... I allowed, am I allowed to like the Nets? I've been told that if you're a, a Nets you're... fan, you, you can't even like glance no. at the Nets. That's the what only I've one been that, told. The, you can't the, do it. The only one that can do it is Bill de Blasio. He just keeps switching okay. energy back and forth. <laughs> Oh my God, that was with the was a windbreaker that he was wearing. He looked over? God, he, oh, man. man, so good. He was like, was, a, was that a members only jacket? I feel like it was a members only jacket. 
He looked uh, he looked like the living impersonation of the Steve Buscemi "What's up, fellow kids?" meme. Like that's <laughs> that's exactly what he looked like. Skateboard over shoulder. Yes, oh, I love it. Um, don't get me wrong. Yes. I'm not saying I don't want Marcus May signed. I would love Marcus May signed. Yeah. Um. I, yeah. I've just I've just presided to the fact that it's not going to happen. And mm. you know, I would I would actually love to see Richard Sherman in the same same kind of vein, uh, like as a teacher. Um. I think that that the the two of them have to reside themselves to certain things. Like I feel like Richard Sermon uh, is going to have to take his lumps in this free agency and reside himself mm-hmm. to the fact that he is in that teaching role now and he's in the twilight. And mm-hmm. I think right now he's trying to go for a, you know, a contender. And, and until he resides, I, I don't think we have a shot at him, but the Marcus yeah. may, I think once we get him in, you know, into camp and he sees the culture change and he sees the difference in what's going on and he sees how he can excel in Robert Sala's defense, I think his mindset might change a little bit, and and I hope mm. that's the case. Yeah, I mean, I would say Sherman's at a kind of a crossroads, right, where he can chase the payday, which a you know a lesser team like the Jets might now. I don't know what Joe D would do, but um, might be willing to throw at him. Versus, he could go play on a a Chiefs or a you know I don't know some other team, uh, the the uh, the Bucks or some other team like that where he could be in a, a good shot to contend this year, but he's probably going to take, you know, a pretty, you know, sub substandard deal in terms of what, he, what he's getting paid. And so maybe like Derek Rose instead of CP three. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's another, that's another. NBA Speak right to my cool, heart. Cool. 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 <laughs> that's my dude. Um, we'll be resigned. God. Yeah. That'd be great. Um, so the one question that I, I think I, I have is um, uh, about that is like tight end. Have we talked about tight end? How dare are we, you? How do dare we care you? about tight end? Is this, is this, the hurt, are we the truthers? Are we truthers for, are we truthers for Chris Herndon? Like what's the going Her- on here? What the are- Herndon sense is here, boys. You need to believe we don't need, <laughs> I don't need Jordan Reed or Tyler Eifert or, Trey Burton on this team. What I've corpse got, of Jimmy Graham or I've the got, corpse of Jason Witten. Okay, when fine. I, when I have when I have dark horse, all pro candidate Chris Herndon on my roster, I don't need another tight end. Not I not, said not, not not Wasco. I don't want anybody else catching Paul <laughs> catching passes. Ayahuasca? Listen, I'm not even Did playing. Did you just say Ayahuasca? No, what, what, was, what was his name? Oh, Frickin Bosco. The, oh, yeah, the guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, Wasco. The, the freaking Donnie Brasco. Donnie Bosco. Yeah. <laughs> Donnie Brasco. When, Bosco Prep. I don't know. Freaking yeah. uh, uh, Max Wesco. Guy. Trevon Wesco. Trevon Wesco. Yeah, Wesco. see? That's what I'm we saying. Like, I mean, we got there. where's that dude at? I'm not even playing, guys. I really feel like like if he's healthy with a new coaching staff that goes, why wasn't this guy given any passes mm-hmm. and opportunities and you know like a million distractions off the field all the things right and so I feel like with a guy like Zach Wilson with, with Robert Sala um, leading the team with Elijah Moore running all over the place with Corey Davis drawing coverage I really am not even kidding when I tell you I think he could be a very very productive tight end so game. so you're going to take the positive side of the Dennis Green he was who we said he was <laughs> that's very true <laughs> I'm I am never giving up my shares of uh of uh of Herndon Inc. I am in until wow. the thing collapses completely. Damn. Wow. Well, love that. Trevon Wesco, just to be clear, Trevon Wesco is on the Jets active roster. Um, active uh, is a strong com- term. Active well, is a very strong yeah, term. For now, for now. <laughs> uh, um, best comparable player, Richard Rodgers, who I think had a cup of coffee with the uh, with the Green Bay Packers, but. Um, Yes, and if he doesn't work out with the Jets, I guess it's probably fair to say he'll wind up on the Brian Baldinger GM'd Raiders organization <laughs> next year. So it's <laughs> not a problem. He's he's fine. He's totally fine. Uh, I could I could see that. I could see that happen. Could you see I'm that happen? Sure Brian Baldinger was. being the next GM. I think he was all of uh, or freaking well. Either way, like what's his name? Who's the GM now? I'm pretty sure he was like all oh. in on Wesco. Like like man, he's gonna be oh, amazing. Yeah, um, steal of the draft. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Mayock. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Mayock. Yeah. Mike Mayock yeah. is 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 what happens. Is what happens. Like it's funny to just think about. Like when he came on the scene, it was like, damn, this guy's good. Like his analysis is good. He's really you know cutting to the you know cutting to the core of you know what these players are. I remember him kind of breaking on the scene with with NFL Network, and I was thinking, gosh, this guy is so good at his job. 
And now it's like, he's just a joke. Like he's such a joke. Oh man. It's, it's sad how the mighty have fallen. Um, take another, take another stretch uh, defensive, defensive uh, player or a, or a third round offensive line in the, in the first round. First round. The yeah, first that's round. Sweet. Good move. Good move. Um, all right. So let's, let's move on. So uh, let's talk a little bit about OTAs. That's kind of buzzing this week. Uh, it sounds like Wilson and Elijah Moore are getting along pretty well. It must be the Islanders games or oh, yeah. something, something's going on there. Like what, when you think about kind of the type of player that Elijah Moore is, and we think about the kind of time that his offensive line will, will provide Zach Wilson um, and all the reports that, you know, he's doing a good job getting the ball out quick. He's not, you know, overthinking things. He's just, you know, letting it fly, which is good. That's, that's what they, you know, coaches want to see. Like what, when you think about some of the tape that you've seen for Zach Wilson, and then you think about the kind of player Elijah Moore is, how do you, like, how do you think this year will go for the two of them kind of, and I'm, I'm not asking for like stats or anything. I'm just saying like, how will those two work together? Do you think? Yeah. I have, yeah, I think, ideas, but. I think, I think you're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson, a lot of impro- Im- improvising. Like, I think it's going to mm-hmm. take a couple of years to get that guy to be, to you know, trust his offensive line, but then be understand the scheme that that this offense is going to be trying to live in. So I think you are going to get a lot of scramble plays. <laughs> um, you're going to get Elijah Moore. I, man, I just I just love this guy. I think he's going to be like he's going to be all over the field, like mm-hmm. a a a crazy good sharp route runner, insanely fast. Like I feel like the way even Zach Wilson seems to play quarterback very fast, very like almost wide open backyard. Let's just sling it. Um, it does feel like you're going to have a lot of really big plays that will overshadow, you know, guys like us that watch every single play and every single snap going, this is kind of messy. Um, in a lot of ways, it's a lot of fun when it's a 60 yard touchdown. It's not a lot of fun when Elijah Moore's cutting right and Zach Wilson's throwing 14 yards to his left. Like that's not going to be great. Um, I do think though, that these two guys together, once they start maybe midway through the season, getting on the same page, it could be really special. Um, I just don't think it's going to click week one. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's gonna be fun. Um, and we're going to lose games like 24 to 12, but it's going to be like, you know, a 60 yard electric pass um, that gives everybody hope. So that's, that's kind of my sense so far. Yeah. What, what do you think, Travis? I, so I, I think they're going to grow a lot together. And, and one of the things that one of the shining lights that I've, I've kind of found about uh, Wilson and his possible development is, is I think, uh, the, the trio of receivers of, of more Mims mm-hmm. And if Crowder stays, stays aboard, those don't, don't forget Corey get, Davis. Don't forget. Well, Corey I'm, Davis. I, I'm not even including Davis in, in, in <laughs> what, in what I'm talking about. Like those okay, three, okay. I think are going to be phenomenal for his development because you know, number one, you've got Elijah Moore. who's was a super crisp route, route runner, just like uh, Josh said, mm-hmm. um, but who was learning the system. So you've got somebody that that's going step-by-step learning with this guy. You've got Crowder, who is an insane route runner as well, but super seasons. Um, and then you've got Denzel Mims, who is a guy that can accommodate coming back to the ball, contested catches, um, you know, that, that can mask or at least take care of a lot of those improvisation, those, those possible poor throws within the, imp- you know, improvisation. You know, I, I see those three being very, very uh, important in Wilson's development and, and, more being the, the biggest one because they're going to be taking their lumps together. Like, and seeing how often they're hanging out together, how often they're going out, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, in, in, in the facet and the relationship between, you know, a, a wide receiver and, and a quarterback's communication. And if they're getting communication down now on just being able to talk to each other, like on, on what, how you need to communicate what you need and what you want out of, out of a play. Um, I, I think that that's going to grow as the season goes. Like I agree with Josh. Like, I mean, week one, no, it's not going to be freaking amazing, but I think as you go and they're able to communicate what each other need and, and if they've got that basis, it's, it's going to get way better as the season goes along. Yeah. And it's funny because I think when I think about all the tape uh, that I saw of, Zach Wilson in college and, you know, he's throwing these 40 yard bombs down the field to, you know, and hitting Dax Milne 
you know, wide open in stride and you're just like, what? Okay, fine. I guess like, great. Um, I, I got it. But you start to think about, you know, someone like Elijah Moore, right. Who can, who can play slot, who you can kind of push to the boundary. I think they'll try and use him as a flanker or, or a slot receiver, you know, kind of interchangeably back and forth. But, you know, Dax Mill, like, let's be clear who Dax Milne is. Like, Dax <laughs> Milne is a, is a 6'1", 193-pound, you know, receiver with four six wheels um, who was drafted in the seventh round, you know, compared to, you know, someone like Elijah Moore, who now his pro day was like four three five, and he's obviously 5'9", so he's a good, you know, four inches shorter or whatever. Um, but, you know, four three wheels, uh, four four wheels, let's say, you know, at that size and just with incredible – ability, you know, to play and kind of catch contested balls and kind of, you know, make, you know, make plays, you know, after the catch, you know, if, if not, you know, getting downfield before the catch, um, he, he, it's just, it's going to be a really interesting connection. And yes, yeah, something we're not going to hit a full stride on in, in 2021. Um, but right. You can kind of look for those signals, kind of those, those little mini breakouts as it were, this year and hopefully that'll kind of put us in a good stead for for the years to come but yeah i'm, I'm really excited uh about that um so as we kind of think about the season and kind of yeah watching these two play together uh before we um start to round out the podcast here uh i looked up what the jets over under is i'm not gonna you know cousin sal you here uh, uh but but so the the current projections for the jets are over under six wins for the season. Now remember there, there's an added game this season. So six wins is, you know, it, it, it's six a little different. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's six and 11, not, not six and 10. Um, but what do you think about that? I, I, I took a look at the schedule. I've been kind of looking at the schedule, you know, over the last couple of weeks and just, you know, is this something. And, and I, I feel like it feels pretty fair to me, like six wins feels pretty fair to me. And I know people are going to hate hearing that, but like, do you guys agree with that? Do you feel yeah. like there's opportunity I, to make some moves here and, you know, get to nine or 10 or what, what do you think? No, I mean, looking at the schedule and thinking about, you know, thinking about just our division, thinking about where we even stand in terms of like those, those six games, Miami, Buffalo and new England, there's no more than maybe two wins there. I, you know, depending on what new England does, um, you know, with, with some of their roster that doesn't look super great, but I think Miami is at least, a step ahead of us. And I think Buffalo is two steps ahead. And so those feel like four losses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't see a ton of other wins, you know, Denver's a, a, a possible win, right. Um, Atlanta, Houston, Houston, Atlanta, Jacksonville, like there's maybe two or three games where I feel pretty good um, about, about the chances of, of, of winning those games. But, you know, you've got Tampa and you've got New Orleans and you've got Philly and you've got Indianapolis and you've got Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And so, and you got Tennessee with Julio now, like I, there's not a lot of like very winnable games. I feel like the wins they're going to have are going to be super tight and some of those losses are going to be super ugly. So yeah, I think right. five to six wins is probably where I'm living in terms of expectation. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the way I feel about it too. Travis definitely want your impression, but yeah, it's like when you start out and you look at like the first, you know, five games ahead of the bye. Uh, like what I try and do is just to kind of quickly pick out like what games do, do I not have to tell myself a story to figure out if they can win. Right. And so, so you like, you know, you look at that first schedule, it's like Carolina, like, yeah, I think it definitely, I think that I don't, I don't really feel like I need to tell myself a story to see them winning, even if it's on the road. Um, and I understand it's Sam Darnold. They've got a, you know, replenished offense and CMC's back, but there's still a lot of work there. Yeah, Denver, who knows? I mean, if they if they get Aaron Rodgers, everything's different. But, you know, with their current quarterback situation, yeah, that looks like a mess. Um, so, yeah, even on the road, that, that'll be a hard game, but I think they could they could squeak one out. And then Atlanta is just a dumpster fire right now. So, like, yes, I, I could definitely see that as a potential win. But, but that, and then you kind of work your way down, and it's like, oh, there's less of these opportunities. So what, what do you think, Travis? Are we, are we being fair or are we being kind of way off base? No, you guys are being fair. Um, I was going to say, like, I would take the under by one. Um, I, I see five wins. Um, the amount of growing pains and everything that's going to happen with, you know, just, I mean, everybody learning a new system, uh, like, no matter what, like, rookies, whatever. Um, I think I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains throughout the year. I'm really, I'm really, I think I'm just like you guys, just judging this off of, of potential and, and seeing 
seeing progression. Um, I, I think that we're going to see a lot of progression throughout the year, but like, I don't see us uh, winning more than five. I see us being, com- mm-hmm. being competitive in a lot more games than the past couple of years, but I don't see us winning more than five games. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think what I would say is I think back to some of the early years, you know, like Eric Mangini's first year or Rex Ryan's first year, you know, or even, I don't know, was that Todd Bowles first year? Uh, in twenty second year. Oh yeah, second year. Uh, when yeah, uh, so was, they they went like second, ten wins, but they didn't go to the playoffs. Yeah, with, with Fitzy um, and, and Fitzy. Marshall and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So like, so just to say, like, th- there are these kind of you know bursts of life you see sometimes with new coaching staffs, and I think a lot of it is like it's based off like we don't know like what this coach can do with this defense, like you know, and so so right. I think I think the defense will have a lot to do with um you know with whether that total can kind of quickly get piled up you know towards 10 um and so right so if they come out playing some strong defense in the first couple games like you know (laughs) i withhold i withhold the right to revise my opinion um but but right when you just look at the level of competition and kind of the strength of schedule they're going to be playing even just in their own division um you know yes new england certainly took a step back last year but they're you know they're recharging and they've got a new quarterback and, you know, we'll see, we'll see what they, what they put together this year. Um, and then obviously, you know, the, the other teams, it's just, it's yeah. It, it, like I, I'm, I'm not saying that there's not an opportunity for, for Robert Sala and this new team to kind of come together and catch lightning in a bottle for sure. It's there, but, um, but yeah, when you just kind of look at things and think about it from kind of the 2020 mindset of like who, the, who these teams were last year and who the team and who the jets are and have they made enough improvements to, you know, quickly get over the top of the team, like new Orleans. Like, mm, I don't know. Like I understand new Orleans doesn't have drew Brees anymore, but they still have a pretty, pretty solid coaching staff and pretty, you know, pretty talented team. So I think that Manzini, so, yeah. uh kind of, kind mm-hmm. of point of view is probably the, the best parallel in that just, just based mm-hmm. off of the way, you know, Joe Douglas is building, you know, you look at, at you know Tannenbaum, especially later Tannenbaum, and obviously you look at Mac, um, and I won't even talk about uh, the other guy whose name I won't. <laughs> the other guy, Voldemort. Yeah, the other guy. Um, yeah, Voldemort. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, like Mangini was very methodical and, and built through the draft, uh, and mm-hmm. you know, it, you, you saw strides in that first year, and and uh, you know, um, whereas the other ones, you know, it was that flash that you know, that first yeah. or second year. And it was because, you know, they were getting these free agents that were, you know, not sustainable, that were still, still had something in the tank, but weren't going to have mm. long-term in the tank. So I, I think I th- that's why I think, you know, this year we're going to see, we're going to see a lot of progression. We're going to see a lot of things that uh, are encouraging, but we're not going to, it's not going to translate to wins this first year. Yeah. Well, uh, good. Well, well, thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm, ex- I'm still excited. Right. I think, even if it's, if it doesn't mean that they're going to be, you know, putting together an epic postseason run, like I'm still excited for what this team is in terms of who the coach is, um, the culture that they're trying to build, um, you know, yeah, the, the kind of new fresh faces in the building, some dynamic players, playmakers at, at skill positions, Michael Carter, we barely even, you know, talked about him just right at the beginning. I think he's going to be interesting. And then even, right, even if he's not ready for a full workload, you know, Ty Johnson, I think is going to be, a, he's a real interesting backup that I believe will be on this team, you know, this season and, and Tevin Coleman as well. They all kind of profile similarly. They have that same kind of their smaller one cut burst guys. And uh, you know, that's, that's essentially the Shanahan, you know, mold and it's Hey, we'll play this guy until he gets injured and then we'll play the next guy and they'll yeah. do the same thing until they get it, injured and so on and so forth. Am I crazy for thinking that Michael P Ryan doesn't make this team? Oh, no, no I agree. Yeah, I agree. He, could, hardly. he could be gone. Yeah, yeah, he could be gone. I mean, he's the biggest problem with someone like, like Mike, uh, I'm going to look him up right now, but Michael Pirine, I believe had like a four, six, 40 time or something like yeah, that. It was not fast. And it was not fast. And you, you if you're going to play in this offense, you have to have like, you know, you have to be a track star type. Like they don't care if you're 215, 220 pounds, they, they, which is kind of the typical prototypical NFL back size. What they care more about is like, they, they don't care if you're 200 pounds, but they want you running that, you know, four, four, or, you know, they're about speed and having a, you know, a solid speed score, um, which is a, a great metric that Bill Barnwell invented years ago. Um, but the idea is like how, how, how much, 
you know, how I think it's like, I don't know if it's height or weight. I can't remember how they um, put it together, but it's, it's one of those two measurements and your 40 time and you combine those two and that gives you a kind of a percentile based speed score. So it and gives so, you like Leon Washington. <laughs> right. Well, right. Exactly. And yeah. That's kind of what Michael Carter. Like Sean does, Green. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, precisely. Precisely oh. like Sean Green. 240 pounds or all, all 240 pounds of them. But yes, like that more that Leon Washington style player, that's what they're going to look for. And the NFL just generally doesn't optimize for it because they want that durable player. Um, and this scheme doesn't care so much about that. So yeah, the fact that LaMichael P. Ryan ran a four, six, you know, a, yeah, I don't know. I, he, maybe he's the fourth if they keep a fourth or something. So be anyway, yeah. can, hey, can before I, can we I tell run, you something oh, on yes. Sean Green? Go ahead. Yes, please do. Uh, so I, I recently uh, uh, I recently moved. So I was taking a bunch of, of just uh, old shirts and stuff to Goodwill. And I brought uh, with me my LaRon Landry and my Sean Green jerseys. And oh, Goodwill wow. turned them away because they didn't know who the players <laughs> were. Goodwill won't even take a Sean Green or LaRon Landry jersey. I'm Come stuck Sean, with them. Sean, Sean Green single-handedly – Sealed a playoff win for the Jets a few years ago. I Absolutely. know. Absolutely. They wouldn't even uh, take it. I, I think what you need to, I think what that means yep. is, boys, we need to do a road trip. We need to go to Iowa. I bet the goodwill in Iowa would take would take Let's a go. sweet Sean Green. They, they would, would take a Sean take Green, maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, talk about road trips. I did want to ask briefly about, I'm, I'm a little bit geeky, excited about oh, yeah. this new documentary Roadrunner oh, that's coming can't out. Wait. Can, oh, yeah. can we talk a little bit about this? Go for um, it. I mean, I, I don't know. All I know is that, so uh, is it Neville Morgan or Morgan Neville? I never know how to say it. Um, the guy who did Aaron Neville? Me. Aaron, my, Aaron yes, Neville? And, and the whole Neville family is. <laughs> Nell the, Carter? The, is that who's doing it? Yeah. Oh, my, oh God, my God, dude. I am going to go watch. <laughs> the, what was her What was her show? Freaking. Give uh, me a break. Give me a Give break. Give me a break. Get, yeah, yeah, dude. I freaking remember this. need it. It was like, God. Yeah. oh, that show was so good. Um, R.I.P. Nell Carter, man. Yeah. So so anyway, Roadrunner's documentary about Anthony Bourdain. Um, yep. And it's coming out in theaters. Is that right? It's yep. coming out in theaters? It is. It's going to be okay, awesome. So I'm going to have to go to a theater to watch this. I can't stream this. Put on pants. Leave your house. Oh, jeez. It's going to be great. Awful. It sounds awful. Um, uh, but – Travis, you you knew Mr. Bourdain a little bit. Like, what? Wh- why why would you be interested in going to see something like this? I'm just interested because I'm kind of a fanboy, and it was just such a tragic loss, you know, when it happened. Um, and it looks like they're kind of going around, you know, two talking to a lot of the people. Three yes, years, right? Two years, three yeah, years, three years. Ago, yeah. oh, 2018. Yeah. Yep. So so like. Well, let, let, let's start with you, uh, Josh. So, like, why are you excited to see this? Just based on the, yeah. the, the trailer or whatever, what, what has you excited about seeing that documentary? Yeah, you know, my kind of my four, I mean, you know, in a, in a, in a previous life, I did some travel around the world. And, uh, I mean, I'll be honest, like, even, like, Parts Unknown, um, mm-hmm. like, that show. No reservations. I, yeah, yeah, like, it, the layover, honestly, like, all those shows. Yeah. All of it. Like, it actually influenced the way I traveled. Like, it actually made me go, all right, if I'm here, I want to be fully in it. I want to get every piece of it that I can. I don't want to just do the things that, you know, Zagat tells me I have to do, but I do want to go and I want to see and be immersed fully in this place. Um, and Tony Bourdain was a big part of that. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't have any of the professional kind of like ties to it culinary and opening restaurants and, and chef work and all that stuff. But like from just a pure travel culture, like really like smart way to travel, sarcastic, all those mm-hmm. pieces, those are all the things that drew me to him. Um, and then obviously, you know, I think, I think some of the influence he's had, I mean, you see Dave Chang in the, in the trailer saying delicious. Was, mm-hmm. that this like, it was never about food. It was just about yeah. finding a better version of himself. And you're like, I mean, if you don't get it there, it's like, you know, I don't think you have a pulse, but that's, that's such a true like encapsulation of what Tony was doing. Um, Mm -hmm. He wasn't just trying to go, Hey, and so like, all right, tell me about the ginger that you're using for this. He's like, Hey, tell me about your grandmother. Tell me about the process. Tell me about where this came from and why this food matters. Um, And he was so, so much more about the cultural piece of it. And so man, every episode, like Mm -hmm. you feel like you, you landed somewhere with him. 
Um, and man, it was always a blast. So yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to get, uh, to see the influence he's had on others will also be, I think a really, a really sweet thing to do a way to honor his life. Um, yeah. And also maybe raise the profile of just mental wellness. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm really, I'm really excited for all those things. Yeah. I think uh, just to piggyback on that and then Travis definitely want to hear from you, but I think, I think the thing that was mo- that seems most interesting to me and maybe one of the reasons that you resonated with, with a lot of folks, you know, young and old, um, is that there is this idea of like who Americans are when they travel, this kind of like ugly Americans idea. And, and I think he tried to do his, and having been to other countries and having, you know, having experienced some of that myself or just trying to immerse yourself in other cultures, um, but not sure what to do. And, you know, like, I'm, you know, I remember like traveling in Cinque Terre in Italy, which was great and seeing someone spray paint on the wall, like Yankees go home. And it's like, oof, okay. Uh, I'm, I'm ruining this place, but I'm also trying to understand and appreciate it. Like, what do I do with this? And so I think that was one of the things that I always loved about Bourdain was he was trying to approach it uh, from a, like, I'm, I'm trying to suppress my ideas about a thing and just immerse myself into this place. And so, yeah, I do think that there's a lot of, you know, younger folks, younger travelers of all ages who, who, you know, try to live that out a little themselves. And when they're going to a place and experiencing a place, I know, yeah, I know certainly I, I sure have. So Travis kind of what are, what are your thoughts on on Mr. Bourdain kind of yeah the third anniversary and this uh documentary coming out so, next month So I I knew Tony for almost 15 years I want to say ish mm. um he was an amazing guy and one of one of his his uh one of his greatest abilities was he had he had the inherent inherent understanding and ability to Autumn, automatically, regardless if he agreed with you or not, be able to see your perspective. And hmm. um, and I've always said that was actually a, a part of his downfall was that he was so genuine and so understanding that I think there became a lot of points where he got his, his own personality from his own perspective got very muddled in the fact that he was constantly – seeing things from everyone else's perspective, even mm. if he agreed or not, or even if he was presenting their perspective from his own, uh, he was, he was such an, an empathetic person and so understanding of, of everyone around him. And, and one of the, you know, the last times I saw him was, was when he did the episode in West Virginia and uh, I wasn't a part of the episode, but I was, I was able to be there and, and yeah. hang out a bit behind and, the camera. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Be, be able to go see him um, and, you know, have a couple beers and, you know, he was he was sitting with people that, that had a completely and utterly different life point of view and mm. was able to connect with them immediately. Um, mm. And not because of his his, you know, celebrity TV fame. Right. It was yeah, just it wasn't because on, a, of that. on a human because, on a human empathetic yes. level is what you're saying. Um, and, yeah. and I think that that he he bared so much of that that I, I think that that really contributed to mm. to, to, to his loss or, or our loss. Yeah. Of him. But. But, you know, I, I, I adore being able to watch these more introspective things or, or even the book that, that just came out um, that yep. was finished by uh, his travel partner and producer and, and handler. Uh, you know, she did a phenomenal job with it. Uh, I apologize that her name escapes me right now. But um, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's always talking about it. I know. But yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But but he was a very introspective person and he was he was always always willing to share him, himself and his own perspective and your own perspective. Uh and never, never hesitated to, to give, you know, himself and all of himself to, you know, to, to, to these kind of situations. And I was always thankful for that because, you know, I was just a small time chef from freaking, you know, <laughs> Appalachia cooking in Richmond. And, and, you know, he, he was willing to hang out, talk, you know, text, mm-hmm. you know, give advice at all times, like, and, and never thought of, you know, never had a, you know, thought about it. It was just second nature. Right. So. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's it's interesting for you to say that because I think that's like I noticed that in in my own wife that she she like cares about like she carries everybody else's burdens, and I'm just like just flip off the switch, it's cool, and it's yeah. just that's not who she is, mm. and so uh, yeah, so I could I could see that that's insightful. I didn't really know that about her, but good. Well, mm. well, I hope hope we can we, we'll talk a little bit about it after we after I put on some pants and go to the theater and and see that. 
Um, what, we'll talk about when's it road. releasing? I, I didn't see. Uh, I think the eleventh of July. I think I saw the eleventh of yeah, July. July 11th, so, yeah, yeah, not not too long. So, but we'll we'll be back. We'll be back before training camp. Um, thanks everybody for listening. No, thanks July sixteenth. The end. Oh, July sixteenth. Okay. Oh, that's my anniversary. Oh, I shouldn't say that on. <laughs> I'm sure people will <laughs> figure things out. Oh God. Um, all right. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> thanks for listening, Josh. Travis, thank you for your time. We'll let you get back to your super not busy lives. Be sure to uh, find Travis on Twitter at dash 37 board 27. Josh on Twitter at Josh underscore Conrad. All gas, no brakes, baby. Let's go. All gas, no brakes. Can we get the gas? Then we cut the brakes. Yeah. Cut the brakes. Wild card. Wild Wild card, card, baby. (laughs) Wild card. (laughs) All right. See you guys. Have a good week. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll see you again soon. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.